Welcome back to the show, live and local. We love helping out local organizations doing good work in our community, and especially when we can tell the story of really interesting and unique events and fundraisers, such as the case today. So we'll talk about an event coming up this weekend for the James Project. And joining us here from the James Project, Olivia Hayes. And Olivia, welcome. Great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you telling the story of the James Project and the upcoming event this weekend. But let's start with the organization itself. What is the James Project? Who do you serve? The James Project is a nonprofit in Sangamon County, and we exist to serve foster families. And we get to do that through a couple of really unique ways. Uh, the first thing that we do is we actually provide housing for foster families in our community. We own houses, we make them really beautiful, and then we rent them to foster families for a dollar a year. On top of that, we get to serve every child in foster care in Sangamon County. There's about 625 kids in care. Um, through our closet, we provide goods and services for them as they're placed into a new home. So clothes, beds, bedding, hygiene kits, whatever they could need. And then we also recruit people into the foster care system. Like I said, there's about 625 kids in care and only around 200 licensed foster homes. So we are actively seeking people to become foster parents and care for these kids, give them a safe, stable home. The first thing that comes to my mind is what a, what a great and, and noble cause. And the second thing is that can't be cheap. Uh, I mean, it, it's got to require a lot of resources to uh, uh, acquire housing and to rent it out for a, do a dollar a year Yeah, uh, and all the other services that you provide. So right. where, where does your funding come from and what does it take to, to achieve these goals? Yeah. And all of our houses actually are completely paid off. We don't pay mortgages on them, um, and we're really fiscally responsible, but uh, like 95% of our funding comes from individual donations and partnerships with businesses and local organizations in our community. Um, our whole closet is funded and um, supported just by donations from people alone, so it's really a whole community effort. Uh, that's what we've seen throughout you know, the James Project's existence, um, but the community does turn out for these big fundraisers that we have and really supports just the idea of kids having safe, stable, loving homes. Why is there the gap between the number of children needing foster services and the number of available foster care homes and families? Why, why that disparity? Yeah, well, the first thing is that foster care, ha um, the percentage of kids in care has increased dramatically over the last two years. It used to be around, you know, 530 kids in care, and now we're seeing almost 100 more kids in care on average. Um, the other reason is that uh, within one year, 50% of foster parents will actually quit due to lack of support. So organizations like ours that we're not a licensing agency, we're not um, a government agency, but we're a bridge agency between the foster parent and um, wherever they're getting licensed and support from. So we get to actually provide wraparound care for them that will retain foster parents and then hopefully seek out new ones. When you talk about lack of support, uh, I mean, we, we've all heard stories from time to time about difficulty in getting medical bills taken care of or getting necessarily the uh, the reimbursement for food costs or other expenses for a child. And uh, is that situation getting any better? Is it getting worse? And, and how do you help alleviate that? Yeah, we, um, we've we seen it stay about the same. So right now, an average foster parent, you know, a lot of people think people get into fostering for the money. That is not true at all. An average foster parent um, won't receive a check, you know, for the month uh, until three months later. So they're, at, they're spending, you know, 
in a deficit almost to care for these kids uh, without receiving, like you said, the funds that they need or the reimbursements they need. Um, we get to provide support in a variety of different ways, mostly through writing grants. Um, we accept grants from like community foundations and local organizations, like even the Cardinals give us grant money. Um, and we use that for really specific needs like groceries. Um, we get to provide groceries to senior citizen-led foster families, um, and we get a really large amount of money to do that every year. So we, we supplement you know, their needs based on the grants that we write and uh, individual, you know, donors like the com in the community that provide for them. When you talk about recruiting people to, mm -hmm. to take on this role as a, as a foster family, who is, who is the ideal foster parent, uh, the ideal foster family? Who, who is well suited to, uh, to what uh, these families take on? Yeah, I think um, first and foremost is, you know, a heart to give a kid a chance. Um, I think kids who go through the foster care system have so much trauma, even if they're an infant, you know, a lot of times trauma happens, you know, even before they're born to them. Um, and so the kids come into foster care with so much trauma already that it takes a very kind person to be able to see through that, to see through the behaviors and notice the pain beneath it. So I think um, people who just have a heart for kids in need and kids at risk, kids especially, um, they seem to thrive in this. And that doesn't mean that like every behavior will be easy for them, but they have kind of the resilience to push through those behaviors to see change. You, you mentioned senior-led foster homes. Yeah. How how common is that? Is that usually someone uh, providing foster care, say, for a grandchild or something where the parent's not in the picture or are seniors actually taking, you know, kids that are not related to them into their homes and, and providing that care? Yeah, um, mostly we're seeing seniors take in their own relatives, um, and it increased so much throughout COVID because people were not getting out to their agencies, getting their licensing hours, and so so many licenses dropped. And even this year alone, you know, without the restrictions of COVID, um, we're seeing you know 30 to 40 foster parents already not renewing their license this year. So when that happens, you know, a lot of things can happen to the kid. They they sleep at DCFS if they don't have a home to go to. They end up in men mental hospitals or institutions they don't need to and sometimes they're placed with a relative or a family uh, member and so a lot of those being grandparents and you know when you think of when you're at that age as a grandparent you want to retire you're maybe downsizing your house all of a sudden you know you have three or four kids under the age of four it's a lot. Um, so we want to supplement and just care for them wherever we can. Talking with Olivia Hayes with the James Project, providing that support to foster families here in our community. And again, uh, it is something that cannot be done without the help and support of the community, which brings us to this weekend's uh, event. Uh, this is a major fundraiser for the James Project called Artsy, an arts fair for kids in care. Tell me about this. We love Artsy. It is such a fun event. Um, Artsy started basically after uh, the idea of one of our youngest supporters. We had a four-year-old who wanted to donate to the James Project because she heard that foster children needed beds. And she thought, what can I do to raise money for foster children? So she started having an art show in her front yard and she would make pieces and then sell them uh, to her friends and her family who came by. She's, that is adorable, by the way. Isn't so cute? <laughs> it's just, it's proof that everyone can do something to help this crisis. So she ended up over the last seven years, you know, raising over $7,000 for us, wow. buying over 
over 50 beds for kids in care. And so we thought we'd take that model and just make it a little bit bigger. And she comes and helps with the event. It's so adorable. But so art, uh, Artsy is an art fair for kids in care. We collect art from local artists, from children in our community, and we set it up at the Pharmacy Art Gallery in downtown Springfield. And then you get to come buy these amazing pieces um, and just have a great overall family experience. There's balloon animals, face painting, crafts that you can do as a family. Um, just a lot of really fun things. So this is uh, something for, for all ages and for kids and adults alike to come in on Sunday afternoon. Yes. Uh, and I'm assuming that uh, while people are there, they can also learn more about being a foster family and about uh, other ways they can help out in this effort here locally. Absolutely. We'll have an information table. You can stop and meet um, a caseworker and talk to them as well. Um, and then just spend time together as a family. There is a $5 admission, uh, but it covers everything in the event. So like I said, balloon animals, face paint, a caricature artist, all that kind of of fun stuff. So give us the details one more time exactly when and where this is going to be and just a quick rundown again of all the different uh, things that will be happening here. Yes, you can uh, come to Artsy, an art fair for kids in care um, on May 7th, so this Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. at the Pharmacy Art Gallery and Studio in downtown Springfield. And there's going to be so much to do for the whole family. It's a $5 admission fee, but you get to come and uh, see amazing art, maybe get a balloon animal, get your face painted, do crafts as a family. Family, uh, get a sketch from a caricature artist and just have a great time. And remind me again where the pharmacy art gallery is located. Yeah, um, so it's like, do you know where Cold Stone Creamery is yes. down, downtown? Yeah. It's kind of off of Adams and then 6th. Okay, so yeah. uh, right in that vicinity there, right in the heart of downtown Springfield. This Sunday, 1 to 4 p.m. If people uh, can't make it on Sunday but still would like to help out the James Project or learn more about what you do, where can they go for that? Yeah, you can go straight to our website, www.thejamesproject127.com. Uh, the James Project 127? Yes, sir. What, what does that number reference? Um, it's, a, it's a number based off of a scripture verse that the project is founded on. All right. The James Project 127.org? Dot com. Dot com. Excuse me. Thank you. Uh, Olivia Hayes with The James Project. You can again find out more online or you can find out more this Sunday at the Pharmacy Art Gallery in downtown Springfield Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. for Artsy and Art Fair for Kids in Care.